Hi, and welcome to Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we tell you about the rise and fall of your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities. I'm your host, Jose. Joining me is my co-host and best friend, Katrina Rochelle. And while we normally talk about the rise and fall of celebrities, today is our special book club episode, our last of the year. And what was our pick this time? Well, it was your pick. It was my pick, and I chose Britney Spears, The Woman in Me. Ooh. And And boy, was there a... Okay, let me stop. (laughs) (laughs) And you were audio again, right? Yes, yes, yes. Straight audio, which leads me to my first question. Did you read this book or did you listen to the audio book? This is the one that I did strictly audio. Okay. Was there a a particular reason why you stuck to strictly audio? You didn't dabble? Um, The reason is Spotify gives you like hours of books now for free. Audio books. Yeah, if you have premium, they also give you like... I think it's like 15 hours of free audiobooks. So Shit. I was like, oh, I don't have to use a credit. I don't have to wait for the library. I'm just going to use that. All right. I had to get that Spotify premium back. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had to get that going. I think that's such a cool feature of them that, to do. Yeah, I'm not mad about that, especially seeing how like you have audiobooks that fall right under that or a little bit over that where you're like, okay, I, I'll pay for the rest. Yeah. Oh, I ain't mad at that. Okay. So we both did audio. Well, in The Woman and Me, this is one of those particular audiobooks where it is narrated by somebody other than the subject at hand. I think this is our first. Yeah, yeah, this is our first that we read that it wasn't the author. If, uh-huh. we, if we did listen to an audiobook, it's always been by the author. This one was narrated by actress Michelle Williams with, I think, Britney Spears only reading like the dedication, I think. Yeah, the prologue. I, the dedication and the prologue, yes. And she basically implies that, you know, she's very appreciative of Michelle Williams, you know, narrating this book, but she's kind of already lived this life. She doesn't really need to relive it by, you know, narrating the whole story, which I appreciate. She basically said, you know, I didn't live the way y'all wanted me to. I did everything y'all said. Y'all ain't going to make me do anything else I don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't mind Michelle's narration at first i was a little iffy just because it wasn't britney but i was like it's fine yeah i thought it was overall a great job i think this is fucked up to say i think or a little rude to say is that loki if you don't know who is who i mean it sound like britney to me <laughs> that's kind of what i was thinking because you know i always start listening to like two times speed yeah that kind of sound like her i said i said I like Michelle. I know who Michelle is, but if I didn't, I'd say this is Britney all the way. <laughs> but to be fair, me and you are not like huge Britney stands. Yeah, that isn't true. I can't like pick out all. I Yeah, I wouldn't be able to pick out Britney's voice out in a crowd unless she was singing a Britney song. Yeah, like I think we know the hits and we like a few songs here and there. But are you ever like turn that Britney on? She's so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> No, let's not turn that Britney on. I think I have I have Britney songs in my library. And like if I'm in the mood, I'll put her in a playlist for a little bit. You know, I'm one of those types of girls, but she's not like rotating. Yeah, that's how I try to feel. Yeah. So let's delve into Britney Spears, the woman in me. Which I I think I said in the worthy episode that I did not like the title. Oh, well, before we delve in, tell me, what, what's wrong with The Woman in Me? I didn't like the title at first, but I do like it now. I, I want to go on record. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't even give us reasons why you didn't like it at first? Uh, I didn't like it at first because I didn't get it. 
But no, I did it. Because <laughs> there's a woman inside her? She said it in the book. She said, we're hashtag spoilers already. Um, she said when she was in conservatorship, you know, it made her feel like a teenager and then it made her feel like a child. And then she had to feel like, she says it like the woman in me. Like I that was, was her strength. I was listening strength. to this very fast. I must have heard a bunny. I didn't hear it. I just love when you know when they say the title. That is interesting, which I I like that too. But I'm I missed that shit from a mile away. I, I think she said it like twice, like you know, finding that strength, finding that woman in her. In me, okay. Let's stop. <laughs> the book begins with Brittany's family history, of you know her great grandparents, her grandparents, and their origins and where they came from, how they made it to Louisiana, their roots, and what even led to her parents, Jamie and Lynn, coming together. Now, specifically, we get we get into some fucked up history of the lineage of the Spearsmen, uh, specifically this grandfather June. With him being like an abusive drunk, he really ended up like not treating his family well. Uh, specifically, Jamie uh, pushed his son into sports, into being a hot shot, pushed him to do whatever he wanted to do. Uh, didn't really work out to Jamie's benefit during that time or in the end. He also had like two wives. Well, I, th I think he had more than two wives, but two wives specifically, he ended up sending to the psychiatric hospital. One of them, Emma Jean, she was sent to like a asylum. I guess a, a psych psychiatric hospital is me trying to put a spin on it. But you know, this it was an asylum, I guess. It sounds more harsher to me. Yeah. After that, she's like prescribed some, you know, meds and stuff. She's not feeling herself. Her her their their son died very young, uh, within days. She's going through all this grief and she ends up taking her life on their uh, child's gravesite. I know. That was so sad to hear. And it's crazy that she was, one of the medicines that she was given was lithium, which Brittany was later put on. Yeah, that that's one of those, like, there's a lot of things in both, uh, if, if you read the book, both in Brittany's past, like when she was a child and even before when she's a child, like these themes ends up echoing in her family history. And then it comes to her like in years, decades later. Brittany does say, you know, she had some snapshots of joy and happiness in her family, including the fact that even though I just told you that horrific shit about June, you know, being an abusive drunk husband and sending his wives to asylums, when Brittany comes into the world, she only knows June as like her nice, uh, sweet grandpa, you know? He's always there for her. He's always talking, being a sounding board. He's around her. He's sweet. You know, they have a great relationship. She doesn't know about this jaded history in her family, how it's uh, going to echo in her life with her own father later. Yeah, it's, I guess every family deals with that. So it is relatable. You learn like all the past secrets that are hidden under the rug. Now, as far as the breakdown of siblings, uh, Jamie and Lynn, first of all, it's going to be hard saying these parents' names, especially knowing that these motherfuckers named their child Jamie Lynn. <laughs> so I just want to say, y'all are going to hear me stumble on these two when I'm referring to these two because I want to say Jamie Lynn so bad, but it's Jamie Spears and Lynn Spears. Jamie being the father, if you do not know, and Lynn being the mother, just so we know. And Jamie Lynn being the daughter. And Jamie Lynn being the landlord of the daughter. 
So Jamie and Lynn have three children. They have uh, their oldest son, Brian, the second daughter, Brittany, and then third child, Jamie Lynn, which <laughs> they was in a bag with that. They said, mm, another B? I think not. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird to that. Brittany didn't say a lot about her older brother. She did not. In fact, I was going to mention almost everything she meant. She said right here, <laughs> which was basically Jamie followed in the same footsteps as his father. You turned into an alcoholic who wasn't very trustful with money, pushed his son unbelievably hard into sports and to the point where it ended up breaking his son in the later years. For a while, Brittany and Brian were very close, or you could at least say that Brittany was very close to her older brother until it was basically high school time and, you know, they go their separate ways. So, yeah, she doesn't really talk that much about Brian, but we do know uh, she talks about Jamie Lynn quite a lot throughout the story. You know, she, Jamie Lynn gets these bit parts where Brittany is reminiscing on those times and is like, oh, Jamie Lynn was just so adorable and she was so sweet. And, yeah, we spoiled her and gave her everything she wanted. And then there'll be a turn. <laughs> and boy, is it a turn. So, yeah, that's the breakdown of the Spears family. It's so funny that Jamie and Lynn stayed together so long because it seemed like that they were almost broken up before they even had Brittany. Apparently, the Spears were going through a hard time. Like I mentioned before, Jamie was uh, heavily drinking, following the footsteps of his father. He also had a business that I think ended up getting shut down or closed down due to his like money managing skills. And, and um, he even gets into a car accident. He gets really drunk, gets into a car accident, ends up missing his uh, son's birthday. So with all these things put together that basically Lynn comes to the decision, she's done with Jamie. She doesn't want to be with him, him anymore. She wants to file for divorce. It's when Jamie's family comes to the rescue, specifically June and his uh, wife basically saying, you know, Jamie's a good man. He's he, he's sorry. You should take him back. That Lynn ends up reconsidering. They recon they reconcile and they seal the deal with uh, getting pregnant with baby number two, who, who ends up being Brittany. Yeah. And then they were split up again, right? Right before Jamie Lynn. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah, forgot. They're very on and off. They're like this long-term couple. Like they've been together since high school. Um, they have these kids. They have this like long sorted history. So yeah, they they're together for a long time. They have these kids. They break up a couple times. They end up coming back together as older, older adults, and then they break up again. So yeah, it, it's like a never-ending story with these two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, Brittany is pretty young when she realizes that my family isn't a normal family. My family definitely has some issues and things aren't as great as the facade we put out. She realizes that her father is a drunk who ends up losing money because of his habit and his poor managing skills and that he doesn't even treat her mother right. But in the end, it's her mother she ends up resenting the most. She basically says in the book, like, her father's destructive, her father's a drunk, but it's her mother that is basically mentally and emotionally abusive and always yelling and always needling her children as a way to cope with the abuse that she's getting from her husband. 
and yeah. she's just she's basically projecting all that pain onto her children as a way for uh her to ease some of her own pain it's it's definitely not right and it's definitely sets a pattern for what's to come longest story she tells in there Brittany, is that she would get mad at her mom because her dad would be drunk but her mom would be the one yelling at night so she couldn't sleep yeah she's um, like that motherfucker's trash but at least he's quiet yeah he would be quiet at that point so it's like another reason she was mad at her mom yeah it's shitty both of them suck. both of them both wendy was right about them death <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you after read you know i felt a certain way about her parents just on my uh, slightly below surface level knowledge but after i really don't fuck like it's it's triple times it's three times i hate them more <laughs> Yeah, I don't know I how so much I can't times. even compute it. <laughs> I don't know how many times Brittany would say, Jamie did this, and then she looked at her mom, and her mom just looked away. It's like, fuck you, Lynn. Yeah, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. Her, Yeah, they're both heinous. Yeah. On a slightly lighter note, onto the ascension of Brittany. Brittany is a little bit of a performer. She's very shy, but she does like the attention, and she knows what she's doing. She likes to sing. She likes to dance. She likes to perform. She may not like everybody staring at her and the anxiety it brings, but she definitely likes expressing herself. And that's kind of what she gets to be known for in her family. She's in like um, a play or two. Uh, she gets some connections to even audition for this show that they're calling like the Mickey Mouse Club. She ends up running to like a, a good amount of people who we learn are very famous later, just like. Ryan Gosling, Carrie Russell, Christina Aguilera, Justin Timberlake. But she's too young at the time to get booked for the Mickey Mouse Club. I think they were looking for somebody at least 10 years old. And I think the first time Britney Spears was there with, I think, Christina Aguilera, I think she said. She was only like eight. Hmm. So she gets some more experience. I think she even goes on Broadway for a spell or something like that with a, rig a rigorous schedule that she was not able to keep just for like her heart wasn't in it. Uh, she wasn't used to that type of stuff. And, you know, she kind of still had that nagging of like, I want to be able to have my freedom. I still want to be able to be a kid. I like performing, but bitch, I want to go home for Christmas. Yeah. So on the second go round uh, for her second time uh, to audition for, the Mickey Mouse Club really books it. You know, they already liked her. She had the look. It was just, she just wasn't old enough. And Brittany says that despite this being like a kid's show with a whole bunch of children and this supposed to be light and fun, this was like a, a boot camp of what Hollywood would turn out to be. She says this is how she kind of really learned what the business would be like. And that despite them being kids, they were not easy on them. She said that they were constantly doing choreography and performing and practices. They had free time and they were able to go out to parks and do all this other stuff, but they were definitely on lock as far as like child performers slash actors. Yeah, I didn't find that part too surprising, especially since there's so many like big names out there. I felt like they must have been working them to the ground. Mm -hmm. And you got to think of the time period. This is like real, like what, early, mid 90s? Like child labor laws ain't what they were. 
they, yeah. they can get what they want out of these children no matter what. You know, they if they got the, the, the parents' permission, and even sometimes without it, they'll just do what they want. So, yeah. We try to say it's better now, but is it? Sometimes it's just sneakier or seedier. Yeah. So a year and a half later, after Britney is on the Mickey Mouse Club, it's already over. And it's time to go to Hollywood, right? Mm, but not yet. Despite some of her other cast members deciding to take the Hollywood route, trying to set a name for themselves, Brittany decides, okay, I've done this. I've scratched this itch. Maybe I do want to just be a, a normal kid. And she's she's 13, so she's well within her right. So she goes back to uh, Louisiana, her hometown, and she lives a regular, normal teenager life. But not quite still. <laughs> I thought this was very crazy when we got to this part of the book where Britney Spears and her mother Lynn are kind of growing closer. Jamie Lynn is like still like a, a little toddler at this point. But, you know, her and her mom are getting closer. They take these trips to the beach. They go hang out at the restaurants and they are doing what? They are drinking. <laughs> that's, that's how you bond with your 13 year old child. You sit up at the bar and you sit up at the beach and you have a nice pina colada. And at first I thought I was tripping when I heard her say that, that her and her mother were drinking together, but she was dead ass. And I, was, I thought I missed a time jump. I'm like, was I not paying attention? How old is she? Thank you. I said, this can't be possible, Brittany. Uh, and it's also just like, Lynn, what the fuck is going on with you and your life that you are okay with sitting down with your daughter multiple times continuously with drinks like you're slowing down her development you're you're treating her like a woman when she is literally a child you're not being a proper mother see that lynn was such a weird card for me because later in that chapter still 13 lynn finds out that she that smoking. Was smoking and she got mad about her about she it. She almost like, killed them because she found out Britney was smoking. Yeah, it's like, but you're okay with her drinking? Yeah, that and and to, I mean they're both bad, but drinking at a young age versus smoking at a young age, I think, can very much deteriorate you faster. I'm I'm not a doctor, so I could be lying. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, but that's just how <laughs> I that's just how I feel based off what I see happens to. Uh, People who drink alcohol and start at a young age who continuously drink it. I feel like, yeah, you're you're bound to mess yourself up more with drinking long term than smoking long term. Yeah, but we don't got to pick. You ain't got to pick. They're both bad. Uh, you just don't have to let your 13-year-old drink or smoke. Thank you. But yeah, I basically said the same thing. Like, yeah. And she says... She's only 13. She's she's drinking with her mom and she's smoking with her friends. And if you're drinking with your mom, you damn sure ain't thinking that smoking with your friends is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Shit, Lynn was Lynn was off a rocker on that one. I mean, for all of this, but especially almost crash making Britney crash the car because you smelled the cigarette oh, smoke yeah, her, her fingers. Britney was Britney driving? Yeah, she was. That 13. was another. She said at 13. <laughs> she said at 13 she was drinking with her mama. Four, at 13, she's drinking with her mom, smoking with her friends, and driving. And she was, I forgot, when she went back home, she started waitressing. She was doing everything at 13 years old. But 
That's so ridiculous. She said Jamie Lynn was in in the car seat, but it wasn't buckled. So you're not you're not parenting either of your children. Wait, did <laughs> I just like Lynn? She has a piece of work. Jamie was a piece of work. They all and Jamie Lynn, bitch. She she was a masterpiece. <laughs> so yeah, that's all happening when Brittany is just thirteen. But yeah, I, I said I said. I said, when these stories uh, popped up, I said, this is when I knew for sure I could roast Lynn any way I like, because clearly this bitch was never in her right mind. (laughs) (laughs) Brittany is 13 in the ninth grade, and her brother is a senior at this time. So they're both in high school together, but they're on two different ends of the spectrum. But what's happening? Brittany ends up dating her brother's best friend. And she even loses her virginity to this fellow. He's in the 12th grade. She's in the ninth. She's skipping class and skipping school to hang out with this dude to the point where not only does she get caught up, but like her brother is seeing her and is like, I don't even fuck with this man no more. You nasty bastard. (laughs) I think she got punished. Like when her her family in the school found out she gets punished, Uh, she has to do something weird. I don't know, some some weird down-home country punishment that my mother would never approve of. She just beat my ass. It's that when she picks up trash on the side of the road. Is that what it was? Yeah, all I said was, this is this is a stupid punishment. <laughs> she was dating an almost 18-year-old. What are? This is not how we educate and school our children, but whatever, I'm not a parent. What do I know? The whole, you know, uh, losing your virginity to this senior, which actually isn't too uncommon, unfortunately. She is living a normal teenager life, but Brittany is like, she's missing something. She's getting that itch. She's saying, well, shit, maybe I want to perform again. So her mother, Lynn, still was connected, still knew this dude named uh, Larry Rudolph, who was like this lawyer they saw or met with uh, when Britney was on the audition circuit back in New York. Lynn is sending him videos of Britney singing. He gets in contact with Lynn and is like, well, maybe she should do a demo. Gives her a song that ended up getting cut from like Tony Braxton's like catalog or whatever. And Britney uh, learns the song. She records the demo, gives it back to Larry. And that's the demo that Britney comes to New York with and uh, essentially auditions or, or or shows to all these record labels to see if anybody's interested anybody will take her on so her and her mom go to new york she's going to record labels and she's showing them the demo and in addition to this she's singing whitney houston's i have nothing now let's pause right there out of all the songs that you could sing or you picture britney spears singing did you hear her singing i have nothing as a as a little 13 14 year old child well, I know Britney as a child's voice was more like Christina Aguilera's. Oh, what you saying? It was off black? <laughs> it was off white? <laughs> no, like it was, it sounded more like hers. And I don't know if it's true, but, you know, the rumors or what people say online is that they had Britney use more of the baby voice so she could be distinguished from Christina since they already had Christina. Like, why does it need her? That could be true. I also think that whether you kind of compare Britney to Christina or somebody else, Britney isn't known for having like a strong voice. Not saying she has a bad voice, but like that power, like I would picture Christina Aguilar or Whitney Houston having. I don't picture Britney having, which is why when I came across the Whitney Houston, I have nothing. I was like, 
is that really the song I would have my daughter sing? I think it goes to show how her voice used to be as a child. Because if you look at the clips of her when she was younger, it does fit more her style. She could sing better. She had that soul. All right. <laughs> I don't want to say better, but... <laughs> say how you feel, Jose. Don't be scared. She no, free, you're the one. She you're the one who's saying better. I'm, I'm going on record saying I'm not saying better. I'm saying better. Just because I haven't heard the young voice, so that's why I'm assuming. I'm assuming that if she don't be singing Whitney Houston, I have nothing as an adult. Something changed. I, I just think she uses a different singing style. Okay, Britney Spears apologists. <laughs> what did you apologize for? Whatever you say. <laughs> So she's singing this song. She's going around record labels, and she ends up getting a record deal with Jive Records at 15. And she ends up staying in New York slash New Jersey to work in the studio, you know, with these many writers and producers to, I guess, crank out this album or see exactly what sound they wanted from her, I assume. One of my favorite parts of uh, Britney talking about, like, her process and recording music and all that other stuff that she was going on about was when she was talking about recording Hit Me Baby one more time. And so she lays down the track, she sings it, whatever, whatever. And then after she's done, somebody says, so what else can you do? Can you dance now? And Brittany's like, do I want to dance? Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that cracked me up. I said, oh, she told y'all, she love to dance. She's a dancer. <laughs> Y'all worried why she at Instagram dancing all the time? She's a dancer. Hell yeah, she dances. She's a dancer. It was just a, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> and um, sadly enough, uh, one thing I do remember her saying, like to close out one of those chapters, the early chapters, where she was like, you know, the hit me baby one more time, the oops, I did it again. She's like, this is when she had the most passion for her music. And I was like, well, damn, you just started. So that just shows you how fast these people burnt her out. Yeah, I, she was, especially then, she was like really the hot commodity. Yeah, um, she talks about how, it, like like I said, it's, uh, it's when she had the most passion for her music, but also it's like she's having to prove herself because she is this new act. Jive Records puts her on like a mall tour, which I hear is like really popular back in the day, like a lot of the old, like legacy pop and R&B acts did that mall tour stuff. Like people like uh, Britney, Christina, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Destiny's Child. Like a lot of those people went through that. So it's not uncommon. I think even one of the last people I heard who did, like not a mall tour, but like a school or a mall tour was a Justin Bieber. <laughs> and you know how I remember that? How? He was almost up to come to our school. <laughs> was he? You remember that? They had that competition like, make Justin Bieber come to your school. And everybody's like, make him come down to, you know, our high school. And I was like, fuck that man, even though I live one time. I don't recall that at all. I recall it because I was like, he's not coming to Indiana. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> even, even being in ninth, 10th grade, I was like, this man is not coming to Indiana. I'm not even playing myself, even if I was a fan. That's funny. I guess a lot of younger celebs don't have to do that anymore because they have online. Like, I, instead of going to the mall or the radios, it's best to, like, get on TikTok or YouTube. Exactly. The, uh, a lot of, some kids are outside, but most, most, even the ones outside are online. And that's how they want you to reach at least the young kids now. 
Just do yeah. a TikTok. You ain't got to do no performance. Get on TikTok. Do a reel. Do a challenge. Dance. Shake your hips, bitch. Do something like that, you know? Which it's, I mean, you reach a larger audience that way instead of, like, one mall. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where, like, these things in that online thing different differ because it's like, yes, you can get a huge following fast doing the online thing. But it's those that mall tour, those radio station visits where that's how you actually cultivate people who actually like Britney Spears. And that's not just that. Too. Yeah, not just that video that Britney did. That is so true. Look at you. Get into the music industry. <laughs> you know. You can help revive malls. They blackballed me, but bitch, I'm fighting back. <laughs> fighting back. So um that really must have had an effect on malls now that I'm thinking of it. That's why malls were so popular. Uh huh. You could get people to perform there. You could have like like events. Like you could have so many things at malls, and then just slowly and slow, like slowly and slowlier. (laughs) 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 I can't even say it now, but basically, over time, they just became like extinct. Like you don't need them as much. People just started doing standalone stores. You don't need the plazas. Where do they perform in the mall? Like in the food court? I would say, so here's the thing. Sometimes I heard about them, yes, clearing out a path in the food court area. But I don't know if you remember. I went to a lot of malls back in my day. Like, you know, it was free entertainment with my family. Like, you just walk around the mall, window shop. But a lot of malls would have, like, these one or two big areas where there would be like a play area or just like mm. an empty stage area where you could put on events right there if you needed to. Yeah, like sometimes they have the Santa there, sometimes mm-hmm. the Easter Bunny, there's like chairs. Yeah, or remember they bring in the fucking car- display cars. Like, oh, yeah. I signed up for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, maybe we need to bring mall, mall tours back and they can be revitalized malls. But, uh-uh. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> Just me and you. <laughs> Just me and you. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, this was very integral to Brittany creating her her fan base. She said she did kind of like, it was a mix of having freedom and being like this new act, but also like having to like grit your teeth and prove that you, that you are one of them bitches. Like you, you ain't one of them you know, pass passerbys. You're here to stay. Uh-huh. But it happens very quickly. She gets signed. She does the mall tour. Um, as she's doing the mall tour, Hit Me Baby One More Time is on the radios. And then the music video drops. It's a smash. It's on all the uh, channels. It's on MTV specifically. The show TRL, who she was a frequent guest of or on. And then the album comes out in 1999, and it sells over 10 million records. So it's like, it was a fast track, but it wasn't. Like, of course, she had worked years to get there. But as far as when she got to New York, it was within a couple of years that Britney Spears is fucking everywhere. Everywhere. Now, we're going to enter in the Justin era. And boy, was it a fucked up one. Fuck him, too. Man, Justin and Britney were familiar. They did start in Mickey Mouse Club together. And they kind of stayed in touch once they begun their careers. You know, Justin's a part of this big, huge boy band in sync. Britney is carving out a 
great solo career with this smash single. And they're just like looked at as little lovebirds, uh, the new heartthrob couple, you know, all that nice, beautiful teen tween bullshit on all the magazine covers. Uh-huh. They also had just done a tour together. They travel on the same social circles. So what became friends ends up becoming very much closer. Justin's mom refers to them as magnets because they're always together. You see one, you see the other. And so I was like, okay, okay. Sounds cute for now. <gasps> now we get into one of the most famous clips of this audiobook that I couldn't wait to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so as Brittany is talking about her and Justin being friends and hanging out all the time, she talks about a time they were, I think, in New York or something. And she's with Justin and she talks about how basically NSYNC was seen through this different lens than uh, Backstreet Boys because NSYNC were the cool white boys because they listened to hip hop and hung out with the blacks. Unlike the raggedy racist, rigid Backstreet bastards. <laughs> At least that's how I heard it. You know, I never really thought of it that way since I wasn't a fan really of either one. But I see her point. Oh, so that that's funny because that was going to be my next question. So... <laughs> With your limited knowledge of these two boy bands, who was more popular? Who was cooler? And are they the same answer? Okay. Um, I honestly don't know because I get them confused a lot. Like, if I say Backstreet, I could be referring to either one. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But if you say NSYNC, you're only talking about NSYNC? No, because I don't know which one's which. <gasps> <laughs> okay. Which Justin was in which one? In sync. In sync. Okay, I'm looking at photos of them and just yeah, by their style. You got you got Nick Carter, who was the the big star of the Backstreet Boys, and then you got Justin and JC who were fighting to try to be the top of In Sync, even though we know it was Justin. I, I yeah, I could see where she's coming from. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Let's slide right into that Justin Black scent. <laughs> <laughs> So after telling that, you know, that preface of, of you know, who who's the cool band and who's the whack band, Brittany describes Justin seeing Genuine on the street. He goes, oh, yeah, faux shiz, faux shiz. <laughs> Genuine, what's up, homie? How, how do you rate that one to 10? Uh, that was a 10. That was good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I especially wanted to get that faux shiz, faux shiz. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it in all caps. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason Malibu's Most Wanted was created. And I think definitely around this time period, there was an epidemic happening in our country. It still uh, is. But yes, back then, especially. I feel like back then it was more acceptable. Because Eminem <laughs> had came out. And so everybody was like, yeah, well, he can do it. I can do. If the blacks accept him, I know I can get through. Or I, I don't want to say it's not as popular now because I feel like it is. I just don't surround myself with those type of people. But I guess when I was younger, you couldn't you know, you escape, escape those it. People. Yeah, like when you're in school and stuff, you know, exactly. see the, the people with the black sense. <laughs> and then you which, see people with some black sense. Which, which you know, if just since we're on the topic, if you grew up around black people and that's how you were raised and blah 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 you know that's different but it's these people who grew up in the same neighborhoods as me and then it's like 
where did your accent come from? Where did the style come from? It's exactly. Yeah, I tell you, I tell you. <laughs> so we skip a little, you know. Brittany's out here living her life. She's deep in her career. She's. Uh, I think this was one of her four. She has one of her first performances at the VMAs when she does. I think I can't get no satisfaction, which is a. That's the Rolling Stones, right? Yes. Yes. Woo. I'm going to tell you right now. Rolling Stones, Aerosmith, Def Leppard. There's another one. I don't know who is who sometimes. <laughs> so I had, <laughs> I had to. Oof. Beatles. They're included, but they're not. I know what? They're Here's the thing. I know the Beatles famous songs, but you could say a B-side right now. You'd be like, who song blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like. Oh yeah, it was the the uh, David Bowie. <laughs> I don't know how because like my college days, I was really into the Beatles, and you were always around me. You played the hits though. Did you ever play any Beatles B sides? All the time. Name one. Um. <laughs> what do you want me to name? A B side. I don't a, know. I would play the whole albums. I would. I don't remember that. Don't be lying to me on this. Don't be lying to me and the listeners. <laughs> well, my um, bad. My bad. Yeah. And so, the rest, though, I, I'm not going to include the Beatles in that, but the rest, I can understand. The Rolling Stones, I kind of know more. Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin, I don't know. Yeah, it's... Yeah, Led, Led Zeppelin, Def Leppelin, all those people, yeah. It's like I know songs by them, but besides, like, one or two, I don't know anymore. All I know is Angelina Jolie saying satisfaction in the movie Life or something like it. Fun fact of the day. Oh, I haven't seen that one. You know I have that DVD, but I still haven't seen that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's crazy. I have too many DVDs. <laughs> but uh, anyway, back to Brittany, my bad. Tangent. So Brittany's doing like one of her first VMA performances. I think she does the uh, she does the Rolling Stone cover. Uh, she, I think she does hit me, baby, one more time. And it's basically the one where she's in the suit and then she snatches it off and she's in the bodysuit, the sparkly bodysuit or whatever. And that's when everybody was up in arms about this bitch in a sparkly jumpsuit that they were just pissed. She, she's ruining America. She's brainwashing the children to the fact where Brittany talks about the fact that after this performance, MTV like sits her down, interview style in front of a camera, showing her clips of people criticizing her performance. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I, was, I couldn't believe that. Well, first of all, it was like, this is what it looks like when like corporations or people who represent corporations or companies are actively like taking advantage of a young woman who is new in the industry and they try to um, embarrass her, or shame her into like doing something different or standing down on, on, on her actions or not standing for what she did or, you know, basically just trying to humiliate her is what I felt. And then on the other side, I'm thinking, well, that's, that sucks that MTV did that to her, especially after she spent her time and energy to perform at your fucking uh, award show. But also where is Britney's handlers? Where are the people who take care of her? It's something to think about even this early still, like, She's making money for her family. She's doing everything to be seen as a quote unquote good girl, but she's not reaping any like benefits from it. Like as far as like her social reputation besides so, like a few things. Wouldn't MTV have 
seen her rehearsal. Like that's who I didn't understand. Of course, that's why I'm saying these people wanted to embarrass her or humble her and uh -huh. shame her because it's like you knew what she was doing, you knew what song she was doing, you knew who you booked to perform. Why would you? And she, it was a great performance, especially for that time. So after she has such a great performance and so many people did love it, I don't care who was criticizing it. Why would you then try to bring her down publicly? They showed her those clips and made her comment on that in front of a camera. That's crazy. I mean, that's her whole career. Yeah. And, and specifically her. Yes. Specifically Britney Spears. This is her, her, her whole career. Her going out on a limb, performing, entertaining folks, and then the very next second, it biting her in the ass via the media, like coming down her throat, sensationalizing things, writing lies about her, making her look like basically a dummy. It's crazy. <sighs> Even with all this going on, um, like I said, Britney still is killing it. She's still very popular. The songs are hits. And with the success come the spoils. So she's getting that money. She builds her mom a house specifically for her mom and her sister and all that debt that her father has gotten in over the years and years and years, she ends up cleaning that up for him. So both of her, her parents have a clean slate because of Brittany and she didn't even like, she wasn't even forced or asked. She did this on her own. Cause that's what she wanted to do. This whole book is just people taking advantage of Brittany, Brittany being nice. Yeah. 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 Rinse like, and repeat. And, yeah. It's, she was entered into a world that she wasn't prepared for and people, even her family, took advantage of her. Like in and, and actively too. Like you know how some people take advantage just because they're like, Well, I thought this was okay and I, I'm sorry, I, I you didn't really tell me. Nothing was communicated, but these people are seeing what's going on, they know what's happening, and they're just like, Well shit, ain't got nothing to do with me. Keep the money coming, keep it keep producing. Get out on that stage, bitch. Yeah, they maliciously took advantage of her. Just one of these chapters, uh, many of these chapters are talking about her successes and accomplishments. But there's one particular chapter where it's just like a drive-by of all her successes and accomplishments that she did like in the short amount of time. Like when she performed at the Super Bowl, uh, when she did her iconic uh, Slave for You performance with the big yellow snake at the VMAs, when she performs with Michael Jackson, when she's in her first movie, Crossroads, and the fact that she almost got the notebook instead of Rachel McAdams, which, which some things are meant to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting how she said she kind of loses herself in characters. Like she does method acting without knowing she's doing it and just becomes that character. I was going to talk about that. So let's, I want to ask you a question or two, because you talked about how you've seen Crossroads many a time and how I don't even remember if I've seen it once all the way through. So, and this is shitty to say, but this is just me being Katrina. I was going to ask it no matter who we're talking about. When you watch Crossroads, do you feel that Brittany... <laughs> When, when I read, when I heard that part, I thought to myself, what character are you getting lost into? Like, it's not that deep. But I was going to say that. I feel so bad. This was the one time I was not on her side. I was like, oh, I want you to break out of that state. But I was just like, method act? She really got lost? I mean, you can't say anything for somebody's mental state, but I just couldn't believe it. I said, if all the films crossroads? Yeah, I 
I can see getting lost in a character. I think that would be very easy to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, from what I remember, I haven't seen the movie in forever, that Crossroads, like, it wasn't that deep of a character. <laughs> That's all I would say. I was just, I was just <laughs> surprised. But to be fair, she was young. She didn't have a lot of acting experience. So maybe it was one of her things like, because I don't know how to like, quote unquote, act, this has to be me and she is, wait, I am her and she is me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was just one of those things. So, you know. I think it goes more to what Brittany talks about throughout the whole book is her trying to please people. So acting is just like trying to please them. So she has to turn into that role so she does lose herself. Yeah. Whew, interesting. Now back to Justin. Uh, Brittany talks about it, like especially in the beginning, a lot. Like she loved Justin. She thought she was gonna be with Justin forever. You know, that's just what she thought. That's just how she felt. So, and she loved his family. Yeah, yeah. She she talks about how the fact, like later in the book, of course, she talks about how when it was time to go home, she was not going home to her own family. She was going home to Justin's family. Yeah, you know? she said Lynn would go visit her, but she wasn't going home to her. Yeah, like that's how first of all, that's that's telling you how much you hate your family and how much in such a short amount of time that this other person's family has completely overtaken any role that your family could provide. And it was just so sad that, you know, when things turn sour that she ends she ends up losing that. Yeah. But um, at this time, Brittany's very much in love with Justin. And on the surface, it seems like Justin is feeling the same way. Justin is very much in love with Brittany. They uh, even have a house together in Orlando where they live together. Um, granted, they're not together all the time. You know, they're two young adults with these huge careers. But Brittany talks about how, you know, even when she's on tour, when she's doing performances, when she's doing other stuff, she carves out time so that she can go back to Orlando and spend time with Justin when she can. But the relationship isn't perfect. Even though Brittany is very in love with Justin, she doesn't completely have her blinders on because she uh, knows and finds out that Justin was che cheating on her like several times. And that even though she was finding out this information, instead of like ending her relationship, she would just kind of get over it. There was one time where I guess as a way to like cope as well as like just her state of mind. She did have a slight indiscretion with her like choreographer, Wade Robinson, but all they did was like make out. And then she ended up telling Justin and they just moved on from that. But it was pretty much known to Brittany and apparently like other people in the media that he was not entirely faithful to her, even though, you know, that's not what is later cemented. In uh -huh. Then Brittany becomes pregnant by Justin. Now, like I said before, Brittany is completely head over heels for Justin. She thinks that this is the man she's going to be with forever and marry. So she's surprised. It's unexpected, but she's not altogether unhappy. In the book, I think she says something like, this is a surprise, but this is just what I think is going to happen just earlier. Something like that. Like she... Like, they plan to have a family, of course. Like, she's thinking, of course, they're going to have a family. It's, it wasn't going to happen now, but now that it's happening, we'll just deal with it. But Justin doesn't feel the same way. Justin, you know, basically straight up lets her know he's not ready to be a father. And even though Brittany is heartbroken about this and doesn't completely agree or 
not maybe agree, but she doesn't completely want this. She, if it was her choice, she would have this baby. They do come to the agreement to um, have an abortion. But here's where it's like, I guess reputation in your name and privacy is important, but also like, let's not, let's not kill anybody here. So it's so important that nobody knows this information. This is locked down that nobody in Britney's family knows this. Nobody in Justin's fam family uh, know that she's pregnant or that she's getting this abortion. And they don't even have it at a medical facility. Justin and her team basically persuade for her to do this at home. Which, I mean, I get why they did that, like from a celebrity point of view, but it is like really fucked up. It's fucked up and I also think it's just dangerous and I think they didn't try hard enough. I I get it. Y'all are young and, and I feel like, okay, I, I'm saying this now, but I, I, basically what I'm saying is they should have took her somewhere. They should have paid somebody off. They have millions of dollars. They should have had it set up where she could be safe and take care of this. But I also know that with them being as famous as they were, as young as they were, it could have possibly gotten out. But I also think it's just one of those things where it's like, no matter who we we stop at in Britney's life, it's like they have no care. No, it's, it's like all keeping the train running to make money. Yeah, it's all about protecting the name, protect the brand. But what about the woman? What about the person? Yeah, does her health and comfort not matter? And that's just a common theme throughout this book with Britney. They take. Do care you of think the abortion at home, though? I mean, most likely she was just given like the. Like pills, she for said it, right? pills, yeah. yeah. In this case, it was pills, yeah. So, I mean, that could be safe, don't they do that sometimes? Yes, but I think you have, I think either doctors are surrounded by you, or you at least have the directions um, given to you by a doctor if things were to go wrong, if you do decide to do this by yourself in-house. I just feel like the way they did it was like they just procured some some pills, yeah, pills. and gave them to her. That's all that's, they did. That's how I feel it went down. Nothing to, was yeah. explained. She wasn't really set up properly for what would happen to her. She wasn't given any good directions on how to take care of this, how to navigate this. They just gave her some pills and shut her up in the bathroom or her room. Yeah. And then when she talking about this motherfucker trying to ease her pain by strumming the guitar, bitch, I would have plucked his eyes out. <laughs> so they quote unquote decide to take care of it in house. And Justin stays by her side um, that night, but he does not stay for long, period. Justin ends up breaking up with Brittany over a text message soon after all this. Brittany basically describes that after she has the abortion with uh, their child, uh, they're still together, but Justin is starting to record his debut album, Justified. And Brittany is kind of noticing that there's a shift and Justin's behavior and how he's acting and his attention towards her. And she's she's not noticing, but she's noticing. And she's like, well, what the fuck is going on? She later basically says that, well, seeing as what he says and does in the debut album, he must have just had to distance himself away from me because he's saying all this bullshit in his songs. But I'm sitting here looking at him with loving eyes and whatever. Which like, is crazy. How is he up. working on pretty much a fucking breakup album with her? This album. And, 
Yeah, and using that breakup to, you know, push this album, and he's planning it all while he's with her. Like, that just makes you go psycho. Like, was anything real? Was it all, like, a PR move on your side? Yeah, just when did he decide that? Yeah, when did he decide he wanted to leave her? And (laughs) I want to know when he wanted to leave her and when Crimea River is written. Mm hmm. And you know what I think, honestly, 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 despite whatever he says, I know Brittany has her feelings and Brittany and Justin can only say how they feel because they were in that relationship. I feel like Brittany really was truly in love with Justin. And I think when they got older, Justin and whoever was managing him said, oh, she's a cute girl. This would be a great look. Yes. I think it was fake for Justin all along. I think Brittany truly did love him, though. Which is horrible. I kind of think that's with her, some of her other relationships, too. 100%. Yeah, I agree. Brittany and Justin are broken up. After that, Brittany is, like, just numb. She's broken. She's numb. She doesn't know what the fuck to do. She can't even believe this happens. I think when she first gets the text message, she's, like, in the middle of performance or she's about to perform and she has no choice but to basically finish out her day and then worry about everything else later. And so she ends up afterwards, after everything gets uh, wrapped up, she goes back to Louisiana, goes back to her hometown in Kenwood, Louisiana. And is basically in a, like a, a catatonic state. She's not talking to anybody. She's not doing anything. Uh, Justin even comes to visit her, which why the fuck are you visiting her after you broke her heart over text message anyway? She's just catonic. She's just numb. And nobody can kind of get her out of, um, nobody can like wake her up. It, it takes some time. Uh-huh. And another thing, while she's recovering from this uh, heartbreak and she's in Louisiana, another thing that Brittany ends up kind of noticing is that that sweet sister, Jamie Lynn, she had been talking about all throughout the book and she had been with all throughout her childhood is now a great steaming bitch. <laughs> I just love after this point, every time Jamie Lynn is mentioned, she's like, and boy, has she gotten spoiled. She's like, she's terrible. She's rude. Ugh. Who the fuck is this girl? Who does she think she is? It's definitely something that I think about. Like, what if this was written like five years later? Would it still have the same kind of vibe? In what way? Like, what do you mean? Because, I mean, when she wrote this book, she was actively, like, beefing with Jamie Lynn. In the thick of it, she hadn't done one of her 17 I Forgive You Jamie Lynn apologies? Yeah, so I think right now they're on the Forgiven track. So I wonder how it would be right now. Would she view it differently? Because, you know, as someone who's beef with siblings, I feel like... When you're in the thick of it, you just see, like, the negative. So I, I really want to know how she would write it now. That's a good question. I wonder, too, now. Because I didn't know that they were on the forgiven train officially. So now- I, I don't know. I know she has forgiven Lynn just recently. What? Yeah, just recently, like, in last week or something. <sighs> Brittany, Brittany, invite me for dinner. Let's talk about some things. <laughs> If you need a mama, I got one. She's she's nice. She'll 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 tell you she'll love you and she'll cook for you. That's crazy. I wouldn't forget. You know, I forget. I wouldn't forgive any of them, but I will say that if I were going to forgive somebody, it probably would be 
Jamie Lynn first. Just because she has the least to do with everything that's happened to Britney in her life. Like Jamie don't have clean, Jamie Lynn doesn't have clean hands. But geez, um, Jamie and Lynn have dirt, bloody, muddy hands. I think Jamie Lynn's on the same level as Lynn. You think so, really? Yeah, true. I mean, she's trash. I'm not going for. I'm not trying to. Lynn her. and Jamie Lynn have both benefited off the conservatorship. I agree. I agree. I just don't think to the. I just think Jamie Lynn has benefited, but literally Jamie and Lynn put Britney in a corner to to even have that. So it's like, yeah, she benefited on it, but it, Jamie Lynn couldn't have benefited off it, of anything her her parents didn't force her sister to do. And if you think about it, if what Britney says is true, that Jamie Lynn was lying about Britney, like, you know, the whole knife story in Jamie Lynn's book, like, she's actively trying to make it seem like Britney's mentally unwell. Yeah, yeah. Mm, you're right, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like I said earlier, Justin was already working on his debut single, but now it's out. Justin puts out Cry Me a River, and it's a smash hit. I mean... I can't even lie. It, it's a great ass song. It's it's I, I, it's undeniable. It is a great song. Yeah, fuck that video forever. I don't watch that video. <laughs> when I was a kid, I really liked it, but I don't like it now. Now it does seem creepy. You know what is crazy? I didn't like the video for a whole nother reason. I just got robbery sneaking in home invasion vibes. Yeah. Like my like one of my worst nightmares is me being in the house alone in the shower and hearing something that sounds like a person. Oh, that is scary. So yeah, you cry me a river. It's like, Oh, she's cheating. No, you're about to die. <laughs> they not poke your head out. Hello. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> is anyone there? Scary movie personified. I'm dying. <laughs> Have you ever said hello when you heard something? <laughs> You feel so stupid saying it because in the movie no. you're like, shut like a bitch. Because this, I, first of all, I don't need nobody to respond with hello too or yeah. <laughs> what I usually say is if I hear somebody knock, if I hear something drop, I'll say, who is that? <laughs> Which isn't better, but to me it sounds better. I'm always, hello. <laughs> Cry Me River is a smash, but it also leaves everybody in America, everybody in the world, actually, thinking that Britney is a cheating harlot. Uh, to the point, Brittany talks about like for a while she she can't go nowhere without getting booed, getting harassed, getting getting slammed because everybody thinks she's a cheater and that she broke. Oh my gosh, the lead singer's uh, of NSYNC's heart, the little the little curly haired ramen boy. Oh, she hurt his feelings. So now she gets to be known as the Scarlet A bitch. Uh huh. That's what she's dealing with, and she's still like. I don't think she said she was in love, but she's still recovering from this. I think she kind of still was in love with with Justin Timberlake. But she's also like, well, I got to move on, even though I'm dealing with all this. And one of the few people that she ends up like having a fling with or going out with, which I was surprised, was Colin Farrell. You know, I saw those pictures before, but for some reason, just like I said, I'm not a big Britney person. I guess I just didn't care. I didn't think that they were dating. I thought it was one of those like, oh, it's just a little PR. 
Uh, it's just a singer and an actor going to a weird place together. She <laughs> said they was doing it all day, every day, two weeks, twice a day. I was like, okay, girl, say it. Say that, but they—I mean—that's been like a rumor with Colin Farrell, that all—all all he knows how to do is get mad, drink, and have sex with women. Interesting. I honestly don't know anything about him. Well, that's his—that's his old reputation. I actually don't know what his new reputation is, because I think in the last few years he's been really big in his acting bag. Like he's been really highly acclaimed lately but back in the 2000s he did have like that quote-unquote bad boy reputation that they they like to say everyone loves a bad boy yeah but after one small fling a big one is on the way and boy is it a big one now it doesn't take too long before a man named kevin federline enters the picture and sweeps Brittany off her feet but this dancer is not free of baggage because even though he ends up making Britney fall in love with him, which I said that, she didn't say that, but I'm going to say making Britney fall in love with him. This man uh, has one daughter he's not told Britney about and has another one on the way with his on the way. Eight months when she found out. And not oh. even by Kevin. She found out from a, a, one of her friends or one of the other people on her tour. If you have a kid, I think you should, you know, convey that information on the first date. At least. Yes. Like, okay, y'all were talking up into it, but if y'all really start dating, yeah, yes. And then the one on the way, first of all, he said, she said, she asked him, you have, you have a kid or you have a daughter? And, and he's like, yeah. And, and she's like, and you got one on the way? He's like, yeah, I see him once a month. <laughs> what? What type of father are you? You stringing along this girl and this girl, and you only see the one with the children once a month. Uh -huh. That's crazy. And you know who the ex-girlfriend was? He she doesn't talk about it, but you know I know. Who? Shar Jackson, who was Nisi or Moesha. Oh. <laughs> I think I knew that. She's been in some other stuff, but that's 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 her big claim to fame that I know her from. <laughs> I just thought it was crazy. Shar Jackson and Britney Spears. Huh. Who, who knew that Six Degrees would only be one? I feel like this was also another PR thing for the guy. No. I think this was a scam. He doesn't even have PR at this point. Yeah, he, but he wanted her PR. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's a scam. Uh -huh. <laughs> he, was just, he was just straight up scamming. I mean, the thing is, is that Britney ain't no dog. So, of course, I, I assume that he was attracted to her. But at the beginning, middle, and end of this, this was a lick. He was trying to he was trying to come up in the world. Yeah. It was with Shar Jackson, who was at this point a 90s TV star, and we're in the 2000s. He has two kids from her, and he's a backup dancer. He now he, he's made it onto the Britney tour. He's looking at the stake. He got the chicken at home, but he said, hmm, man, Shar Jackson is good. But you know what would be better? Uh, Britney Spears. And so he's he essentially does everything to become her knight in shining armor to the point where Britney is saying, like, Kevin made me feel safe. Kevin was always in my corner. Kevin was making me laugh. He, he was holding me. He was there. He did everything to make himself look like the perfect man so she was with him. And 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 
And so they're together for this good amount of time. So she hears he has kids, one on the way, and you think, oh, her senses would, you know, wake up. But she's she's in the mist with this guy. And so uh -huh. she's she sticks to Kevin. Now, fast forward a little, and Brittany is pregnant. She had her first child, Sean Preston. Preston, yeah. And then she's pregnant with her second child, Jaden James. Um, Brittany talks about herself during this period as like being very like uh, hyper paranoid, being a big mama bear. Um, her hormones are all over the place. She doesn't want a lot of people around her kids. Uh, she talks about how once her second son was born, she wasn't even letting her mom hold that child for more than a, like five minutes. It's funny that while she was pregnant, we get another perspective of what happened on that Zoe one-on-one set. Yes. I thought it was so funny that she told the story from her perspective of basically being like told from her little sister that this person is being mean to me. This person is bullying me. So Brittany takes her ass up to the set, <laughs> pregnant at all. And busts in that uh, dressing room and starts going ham and talking shit to this little teenager <laughs> who apparently isn't even a, a bully. It's her sister. Jamie Lane. And I was like, damn. I love how we have gotten everyone's perspective on that. Literally. We Except just need, for the truth. That's right. <laughs> we just need, I think, like Dan Schneider and if Don't there's anyone else in that trailer. Say that sick ass person's name. And Brittany apologized personally, like privately and publicly to the girl. Oh, because she's that type of person. Mm -hmm. She's not one of these people in her lives that have to be proven right, can never uh, say that they're wrong, and like literally like death grip that shit. Like, man, these people don't. They don't forgive. They don't forget. They don't move forward. They don't do nothing. Now, I had talked about how Kevin had painted himself to be a knight in shining armor. And he was the one who was going to save Brittany. And they were going to get married, which they did, and live happily ever after with their two kids in their mansion taking over the world. Psych. Now, slowly, Kevin starts turning into the person that, um, I feel bad, but the person that everyone said that he was going to turn out to be. Ooh. You know, which is a fame, money, hungry, publicity, stunt, honey poo bear, always in the goddamn camera, motherfucker. Uh-huh. You know, um, he ends up being distant and very uncaring towards Brittany, especially like she's, she's at the tail end of her pregnancy. This is like from the tail end of her second pregnancy to like when the child has been born, like he's just not there. She's saying like, she's in Los Angeles and he's in New York in the studio. She's in Los Angeles. He's in Las Vegas in the studio. And I'm thinking you have four kids now. Why are you making music hundreds and hundreds of miles away from all of your kids? Why are you getting drunk and getting high in the studio and not even producing decent content? And you're married. What? What? And why? Why is your? 
why is your famous wife flying out to see you? And she's getting rejected at the door from security that worked with her. I could, that was another thing that blew my mind. Throughout the story, a lot of people who worked for Britney, worked with Britney, end up leaving her for either her father or her fucking ex-husband. Yeah, they just take over. Couldn't believe it. Oh, that that was disgusting. So um, Brittany has, you know, two kids with this man now. And she loves her husband. You know, she wants to make this work. So even though she's getting turned away at doors and Kevin is just not being is no like really no longer interested in being like a husband or a father despite uh like going on and doing multiple interviews where he's like oh being a father brings me so much joy and Brittany watching those interviews like what the fuck are you talking about Uh she still wants to save this marriage and she still stays but unfortunately with the stress of her family the stress of her husband these new children, you know, she's battling postpartum, all this other stuff. Brittany just doesn't get to enjoy the thrills of motherhood because she's also dodging the fucking paparazzi. As you know, many photos were taken during this time of whether it's like bad photo ops slash uh, situations with the baby in her lap or her just maybe not looking as kempt or the kids maybe not looking as kept up, even though it's just like, these are very small snapshots in her life and it doesn't tell you how she is as a mother. But you know, the paparazzi doesn't care about that. And the paparazzi's job is to paint her in the most sensationalized um, position so they can get the most money for that. It's crazy to me how everyone just like kind of decided like, Let's ruin her life. Let's ruin her reputation. Yeah, yeah. It's 100%. It was crazy to me. I could not see that. I, I mean, I could not see that happening to a person now. But if you would have told me before I knew anything about Britney Spears, like just how popular she was, I would have never seen this happening to Britney Spears. But it's crazy what a money-hungry family will do when they have a people pleaser. Uh-huh. It's like it's it was just like the worst aspects of everybody helped imprison this woman basically. This is where, you know, shit's going downhill unfortunately. So Brittany is seeing that her marriage is over and Brittany is actually advised to file for a divorce from Kevin first. She's told, well, you know, Kevin wants to file, Kevin is thinking about it, but what was the the reason he I guess she said he doesn't want to look bad or whatever. And I think they told them that Brittany would look bad if he filed first. Yes, that's what it was. That's what it was. Sorry, my mistake. They were saying Brittany would look bad if he files before her, let her basically control the narrative and like, quote unquote, like save herself. So she takes that ill-advised advice just because that person who advised her was never on her team or on her side. And she files for divorce, but she ends up getting basically bamboozled because not only is she painted the victim by the media as a woman who is breaking up her home right after giving birth to her second child, Kevin files for full custody of the children and he ends up filing uh, basically to, what is it called? Um, He files for her to pay for his uh, attorney fees. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, 
Well, damn. What the fuck else is going to happen? And he releases his album. Oh, my gosh. To non-critical success. I just, I find it funny. No success. I mean. Him and both Justin Timberlake waited out the relationship until the album was done. They were just terrible people. They were, they were, and Justin's, I think in Justin's case, he maybe didn't want the relationship, like he didn't want to be the father and all that, but he didn't mind being in a relationship with Britney. He was still allowed to do everything he wanted. He was cheating on her, but he got the love and adoration from Britney. So he kept taking that from her and seeping that from her until he had to cut her off because, okay, the album's done. And Uh with this one, he never truly loved Britney, but he played the long con of being the knight in shining armor until he got her barefoot and pregnant in which he could drop the floor out from under her feet and uh, say, okay, well, I'm done with this. I'm done really being an attentive husband and father. I'm going to push you to get me out. This book is just a book filled with parasites. It's fucked up. Now, Brittany is alone, pretty much. Like, nobody is on her side. She's had staff betray her. Like I said, they were leaving to go to her family. Nobody is on her side, you know? And the family who is basically stealing all her money and energy and time they're not even there to support her during this hard time in her marriage slash divorce. So there's one event that ends up tipping the scales that ends up changing Britney Spears life forever, but it doesn't do it immediately. Now her and Kevin are apart and they have like this loose custody agreement. And um, I think this is uh, the kids are with her, Sean and Jaden. And she is now giving them to like the security guard to like, transport them to Kevin essentially. And so the security guard puts Sean Preston in the the car and then like as this is happening, Brittany is just like going through all types of shit. She you know, she's dealing with this divorce. She's still suffering from this postpartum depression. She doesn't have anybody on her side. She doesn't have anybody to talk to. She's freaking the fuck out. And so as she has Jade and James in her hands and she's about to hand them over or the security, I guess, is about to take them. She just runs into the house and locks slash barricades herself in the bathroom. Uh She's worried that she's never going to see her kids again. You know, all this stuff is happening. She's being painted out to be a bad mother. She's in the middle of the divorce. She doesn't know what the fuck to do. So she's freaking out. She's fucking up and she's making not the best decisions, but damn, the way that they they decided to punish her with these these maybe not so clear decisions was crazy. So then um, she ends up I don't know what order it happens if somebody like basically tries to convince her to open the door or not or whatever, but eventually like the police get called. I think she says SWAT and they end up breaking through her door and taking the baby and she gets put on like a a psychiatric hold and is caught all on camera, her getting dragged out the house on the gurney. And that was kind of like the beginning of the end. She's released. She's put on a stricter schedule for her kids, which is one of the things she didn't want to happen. Uh, She starts making, you know, questionable dating decisions. She ends up dating this like photographer guy who (laughs) she finds out later was married. I'm sorry. I thought it was funny when she's like, what did she say? Something like I was the 
I don't think she said side chick. Or basically said like I was the affair, but I didn't know I was the affair. Yeah, like long term mistress or something. Yes, it was the mistress. She's like, I'm the mistress, but I didn't even know I was the mistress. <laughs> like he was fine to me. He was cool. He was handsome. He was treating me right. Blah 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 blah. But basically, all this <laughs> stuff is happening. Um, then it's like this one day she. Um, this is where I get a little foggy. I'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> about this conservatorship. <laughs> I know something happens, and her her photographer like get a uh, boyfriend get called up to her house her whole family is there and then the whole family turns into like all these people strapping her in uh to another to another gurney basically uh committing her again but this time this trip to the hospital leads to something more sinister this was like kind of planned slash set up the family essentially doesn't like the direction she's going it's not like she's doing outlandish things. Maybe she's just not, maybe she's not creating the best reputation for herself, but essentially she's not like going through all her money. She's not abusing her children, but essentially uh, the family feel like, oh, the cash cow is getting away from us via our control. So they find a way to get her committed. And then she's placed under conservative, conservative shit. Say it. Can you say it for me? Conservatorship. Conservative shit. <laughs> Say it fast. She's put on two with her father in charge. Um, it's fucked up because when this is all going on and the process of her getting put on these two conservative ships happen, she's like asking if anybody else can be in charge of this. Can can somebody else be the head of this, be responsible for this? Y'all are doing this to me. Not my father, though. It's not like he's done anything for me in a positive light, but no, because of all this backroom dealing, um, because of all this pre-planned setup of her father knowing, um, I don't know, this lawyer and this judge and this person with this company and owing debt to this man with this company, all these steps are already set. And so Brittany is locked down, essentially. It, it's, it's a done deal. And Brittany says in her book, like, you know, some people are put on conservatorship for like a couple months and, you know, everything's fine and then it, it's over. But Brittany has put on this conservatorship for 13 years. And the reason why people usually do these guardianships and conservatorships is because maybe something's going on with you. Maybe you're not in the right mind to handle your money. Maybe you've not been making the best decisions and they just want to make sure that you and your, your, your money is safe, your future is secured, and all this other stuff. Britney's family got that conservatorship because they wanted to secure themselves as having the lifestyle they wanted forever without the interference of Britney gaining her senses, is what there I think. It's so much like about the Britney story that's not really discussed in here. Like, I know in one of the documentaries, you know, they made a hundred of them. That they Which said Brittany that, did not appreciate. You motherfuckers no. needed to talk to her. But they said that it said that she had, like, early dementia or something. and Really? So, yeah. So that was, like, one of the reasons that they were able to get the conservatorship. And, you know, that... It's like they had... This was all a plan. Like, Luann Taylor came in. She had the 
think of the conservatorship, they enforce a conservatorship after her little outburst. And, you know, in the story at this time, it was all the the stories of her going out and partying, but she was just drinking yeah. alcohol. Like She wasn't she was of sniffing, age. snorting, needling, all that other stuff. And even if she was, they never caught her doing that. All they did was take a picture of her hoo-ha. Yeah, which is so invasive. Like, let me take a photo from down there and On blame purpose. you. Like, they was doing, oh, paparazzi are so dirty. But these ones, they were scum. It's, yeah, it's just so frustrating that how they got this conservatorship. I, I think, like, the doctor, if they falsified records and said she has dementia, should be in prison. I think... Mm-hmm. The judge who put this in place for that long should, lose should be it. looked at. Like all these people yeah. should be in prison. Like what they did is not right. Yeah, for over a decade. Like it's it's just yeah, it's literally tragic. It's tragic. And they dangled her kids in front of her. Oh, if you don't agree to this, if you don't do this, you're not to see your kids. Exactly, and that's what Brittany talks about. She's like, I, I went along with this. I did this for so long because literally it it starts and ends with her children she was so afraid of losing her children she ends up put in this corner and then now she's under this conservatorship and now she's like well i i want my children i love my children i want to be with them so i still have to act right to see them and so she goes along with it she said what she said at one point she just start she just started waking up and just asking what do i do and just started doing it what are we doing yeah. That's so depressing. That's no life. That's like literally like she's a fucking sim. Her her family is playing out Britney Spears's life. In fact, it is exactly that because when she talked about how her fucking father in like basically came into her house and started making things his own, even turned one of her rooms into a fucking office and said, "He's Britney Spears now." Uh, and that's nothing she said how am i going to be put in this conservatorship for pretty much her drinking which it's not like it was an everyday thing he's an alcoholic he's a drunk it's literally in it's in the jeans he had so much debt that britney paid off and then you're going to put him in charge of her money Exactly. It was like, did nobody look over the financial records of the person y'all put in charge of a conservatorship that covers millions, tens and thousands, hundreds of millions of dollars? Like there's stuff about that conservatorship that's just not right, that everybody who had a hand in it, the lawyers, the doctors, the nurses, the judge, all of them should be investigated. A lot of people should have should have and still should lose their licenses. And like you said, even do jail time because it's like, if you'll do this for a world famous pop star, the average Joe won't have a chance against your fucking um, what's the word I'm looking for? Corrupt ass. I know Michael Lohan came out, and I mean he's not that trustworthy. But <laughs> come on, when you start a when you start a sentence like that, I want to know more. Um, but I remember he came out, and I believe he said that Luann Taylor tried to get like talk to him and Dina about, you know, putting um, Lindsay in a conservatorship. I can see that. But you know what? Uh, Dina and Michael were so messed up. They say, you know, we can't do that to our baby. We just want to <laughs> talk shit in public. But uh-huh. we ain't going to do that to our baby. That's crazy. You just had... It, it's just so sinister. 
you not only are you doing this to young women behind their back to lose their to 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 lose their autonomy you're doing it because you get a small sliver of a check granted yeah. it's a big check but it's a sliver compared to what everybody else gets you're just that greedy and disgusting for money and i can see britney during the laundry with it at first because if they're threatening your kids you think if i just go along with this for you know however long i wouldn't even think it'll be fucking 13 years like a month at the most. Mm -hmm. I they're agree. To, they're going to give me a drug test. They're going to see I'm clean. They're going to see I'm normal. And they're going to, everything's going to go back to normal. So I would go along with it too. Like, why cause trouble at that point? And she's thinking that this is a just legal event. Like, she's thinking it's not fair, but she's thinking at least this went through all the proper channels. If something wasn't right, I would know. She's not thinking that this is already fixed. Uh -huh. She's not knowing that this is going to stay. This is the status quo for years to come. That's that's sad. And so, I know how the documentaries phrase it, which Brittany didn't really phrase it that way either, was that she was dating more independent with that photographer she was dating. So that was the whole reason of the dad, Jamie, saying, you know, you can't see him anymore. Yeah. Uh, trying to separate them because if she separate from the family she's not gonna give them money so i mean she was just a cash cow to everybody yeah it's, it's one of those things where maybe she wasn't making the best social decisions but she wasn't like doing anything crazy she wasn't abusing her children she was still in her children's life she was still being a good person she was just maybe like I don't know. She was just, she just had her little, she just had her man friend. She was just jumping on. Hey, you can't <laughs> jump on a man after you get divorced. But she played by the rules for the 13 years. She ends up staying in her family's pocket for 13 years. She even continues to pay Kevin's lawyer fees and child support for 13 years. I think he was in on it too. Oh, girl, girl. <laughs> of course he was. I just think allegedly all of them like got together and they they played their part. Yes. I think at one point one point I think at one point in time uh Jamie and Kevin I mean you can include Lynn on Jamie's side but Lynn and Ke Lynn and J what the fuck is their names? Jamie and Lynn don't like Kevin. But at one point in time a conversation was had Jamie susses out that, oh, Kevin, Kevin is with my daughter, but he's not with my daughter. He can be bought. And he was uh -huh. bought. He was bought. All he had to do is play his role. Hey, Kevin, you play your role. I get what I want. You get what you want. And we ain't never got to talk to nobody about nothing. We're in yeah, control. Just stay in your lane. Your life is set for you. You cannot convince me that if a man uh truly loved you he would let all that stuff happen to you forget the married and the kids part if a man truly loves you and he sees your family beating you down and taking you taking money out of your pocket and stealing your joy and controlling you no way would he let that happen and be a party to that in addition to causing more stress in your life if he was a real man and if he really loved her he would have tried to mediate that custody issue and not let it drag out for years. And he wouldn't have stood on the sideline while Jamie and Lynn did that to her for years. Yeah. And just how bad we see the conservatorship that she, you know, 
loses her phone privileges. She mm-hmm. put on medicine that she has to take. She has mm-hmm. to go to therapist appointments. She has to do all the things they say. And it's any decent human being would do something. Like personal and professional. Like she doesn't get to make any decisions. They make all her personal decisions and all her career decisions. That's fucking terrible. Uh-huh. So like like you said, all that stuff. Um, what was that other thing that was disgusting? Um, basically, any potential boyfriends have to sit down with Jamie and they and Jamie divulges her whole uh, her whole medical and um, sexual history to them. I couldn't believe that. So fucking bizarre. You know, and and also one of the things that she was under the assumption is, is that this lawyer that she has under this conservatorship is her lawyer. They can never be changed. And that's something that she said she was told that as well as when her uh, when she finds out that's not true. She's like, well, my mother could have told me this any time. My mother knew this and used it to her advantage to make sure that she got the lawyers and the money to do what she needed to get away from my father or get what she wanted from my father, but she left me in the lurch. Yeah, they kept her blind to everything, and then they made her embarrassed about it. And Didn't she said at, at one point she like said it in an interview about the conservatorship, but then they cut that part out. Damn. I don't remember that. <laughs> That's fucked up. Like, yeah, even when you're trying to scream for help, like, is nobody going to listen? But anyway, just to kind of wrap this up, we've been talking for a while and I've left out a lot of stuff. But hey, read the book, The Woman in Me. It's in um, June 2021, where basically Brittany calls and reports her father for um, conserv- conservatorship abuse. And she gets this ball ro- rolling like earnestly and very fast to get out of this conservatorship. She had already been doing like research and she's already figuring out this is what she's going to do. But this is when shit really gets started. She gets her a new lawyer who is for her <laughs> and works in her interest and can't be bought by the other spears. And um, they filed to remove Jamie as the head of the conservatorship. After that happens, he ends up getting suspended. And then soon after, in fall of 2021, Britney Spears is no longer under a conservatorship. And she is a free woman who can control herself, her career, and most importantly, her fucking money. Also, shout out to that nurse that when Britney was institutionalized for not Mm -hmm. listening to her father that showed her like those videos of people with the free Britney shirts and like the movement that was going on. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was like such a powerful scene in the book. Was she black? I imagine she's black. <laughs> <laughs> she said while she was in that hospital that the nurse showed her, like pulled her aside and like, showed her videos of it. That's sweet. That's the, I mean. <sighs> so that's like kind of what got the ball rolling. I also see like so many people like you see, I don't know what it is. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but basically, you know how you'll see whether, whether no matter where you work, you see like quote unquote injustices. Uh huh. And I just picture that nurse, like not being able to do things about certain patients or certain things have come up and, you know, 
this one time she's like, well, I have the opportunity to at least do something. I can't change the outlook or the outcome of what's going to happen, but I can give her a little hope. I can show her that she's not alone. And she chose to do that. I think that's very sweet. Yeah. And also nurses, even though there's some trash nurses, most nurses are just like some of the kindest, most helpful people in the world. Like they, they got their ear to the ground. They know what the real is. Uh-huh. I just think like, you know, she kind of risked her job doing that, especially how they were obviously keeping that away from Brittany. Yeah. They don't want nobody to, they don't want her to know that she has actual fans who actually care about anything but her music. Yeah. And a lot of people that were like talk doing spreading the free Britney hashtags and talking about it weren't even fans, just like people were like, This is fucked up. And it was seen as like a conspiracy theory for the longest. Mm-hmm. This I I for, I guess I could I could talk about how if if I enjoyed the book, which I did, but boy was this a sad read. It, it was so frustrating. Happy, but it thank you. It's like I know this ends happy eventually. But damn, are we in the swamp? I did cry. <laughs> I just, say it. just because I felt so helpless for her, like Brittany girl, like 13 years, like she kind of when it got to conservatorship part, it like gets towards the end and it like all rushes. Yeah. But yeah. like being institutionalized and put on medicine just because she was taking energy supplements that you could did not need a prescription or anything for. And you know, just because she wanted to change up the choreography at her Vegas residency. She's getting in trouble, put in institutionalized. Like, if Brittany does have mental health issues, she's never going to trust doctors again. Like, I agree, yeah. That has totally fucked with her. And, I mean, good for her that she's making up with her mom right now, but, like, horrible. How can you make up with people who, at every chance they got, threw you under the bus? Exactly. I Just was like, in intense therapy. I said intense, in, <laughs> intensive therapy. Just how she talks about it, it's like, I see now why she does not want to get back into music, why she does not want to do interviews, why she doesn't want to do any of that, because she has been burnt her whole life. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that inter- Diane Sawyer came yeah. up and said, bitch, this, I'm about tired of you. <laughs> Diane, I'm about tired of you doing these little gotcha interviews. <laughs> Uh, I didn't cry, but I did get goosebumps at two different times, which were like not too far apart, which was um, like you said, when uh, when she got to the house with the photographer boyfriend and she realizes it's a setup and she's about to uh, uh, she's about to get institutionalized again. I got goosebumps. And when she's like, yeah, I just I just started waking up and just saying, what do I do today? What are we doing? Like, that's just the most depressing thing ever. You have all this money. So many people love you. You have a great career. And you literally can only live by taking orders from anybody else. Anything you want to do is off the table. She said she was begging people for other food. But all she could have was, like, chicken veggies. She said towards the end, she couldn't even shower alone. Someone was watching her. Like, I feel like a lot of those things were put in place just to break her. This, this stuff is so traumatic that it's like, I I, I've, I was already saying, Brittany, do what the fuck ever you want to do on Instagram, online, in your real life, whatever. But after reading this book, it was like doubly so because it's like she just, after a certain point, I think like 
after the breakup with Justin, Brittany really didn't get to live her whole life to the fullest. No. She always, even with the party and with Paris, even with the other boyfriends, she always, one of her parents always had her hand. She was always half looking back. And then after the Kevin Federline thing, she really did not have a life anymore. So, of course, she may not be looking the best. Maybe her behavior is a little cringe, but let this woman uh, express herself the way she wants. She's free. She gets to do whatever she wants. It's not always going to look clean and proper and nice. It's just her. Let this woman be her. Yeah, like anytime anyone's going to talk about her twirling on Instagram or whatever, it's like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> let her twirl. Oh, yeah, I don't get a fuck with the knives, without the knives. Let her twirl some tasers. Oh, so yes. Okay, so did you enjoy the book? Did I? I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it. I'll give it a rating. I mean, you. <laughs> thought you were going to go into more of what you enjoyed. I enjoyed it. Okay, so you enjoyed it. What would you give this book rating-wise one to five stars? I will give it 3.5. Ooh. Um, before we go to the next question, any reason why 3.5? Yes, I really enjoyed it, but I feel like besides maybe the Justin stuff, we did not really get a lot of things we did not know. I feel like there's a lot more that she could have talked about, which I get why she don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. There's just some things I'm like, oh, I went like those 13 years in conservatorship kind of went fast. Yeah, I get you. I get you. And there's just all I could think about was her wedding. Um, I know like some people were there for the first time at her wedding. So how'd they get invited? How did she not know them and they got invited? Like I get they're all celebrities. And how does she feel about her ex-boyfriend? crashing her wedding oh yeah yeah she didn't mention that at all and i'm like huh. yeah a lot of the new current stuff where she could it's like she doesn't want to go into detail of anything that's not older than 10 years yeah which i did i totally did i'll bump it up to a four i totally did okay okay all right but i just feel like a lot of this and maybe it's not even the book's fault is Stuff I already knew, and maybe that's just because like the headlines were everywhere, and I wasn't mm-hmm. avoiding them. Yeah. Well, I would say I did enjoy this. I would give this a four as well. The only reason why I don't give it a five is, well, I, first of all, I'll give it a four because it was a good book. And I did know a lot of this stuff, but I did like the outer, con, like the, the more context I was giving, especially like that first time she got taken out on the gurney with the paparazzi photo, mm. um, you know, more into the Kevin Fetter lines, mm. even uh, the him like being who he was and who he turned out to be. And then even the beginning parts about like where she came from and her family, which I didn't get a whole lot into. But I mean, there's there's some stuff to get into in the book. Why I wouldn't give it a five is that it was a good book and I did enjoy it. I didn't get a lot of enjoyment. (laughs) It was, like you said, very frustrating, very upsetting, but still good. So, and then last two, would you recommend and would you read again? I would definitely recommend it. I do think it was interesting. And 
Yeah, like you said, like the last 10 years is the stuff that I don't feel like she really touched on. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, maybe for good reason, too, because... She could be coming out with another one. She could be, and like, I know she doesn't have the best relationship with her kids right now, but would she really want to put that in there? That's true. I, I think that... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm stepping on you. Keep talking. My bad. Oh, just, you know, family relationships could change, and I'm sure she's hoping for a reconciliation between them. So it's not, it's always a bad look if you're out there bashing your kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. It's it's a complicated relationship. Uh-huh, but I, I view it as one of those things where these are just teenage boys that are just feeling a little embarrassed about the visibility of their mom. But I think if it's not already handled behind the scenes, I think very sh- shortly, everything will be fine. I think they'll recognize that their mom is still their mom. She's just, she's just, I guess, healing herself in this very unique way. Yeah. Would you read again? Huh? I don't think so. I know what I know. And you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> I just feel like I already know it. Yeah. I, I would say I wouldn't mind reading this again. I don't think I would read the conservative part. I would. I don't think I would re-listen to that part again. But it still was an overall entertaining book. I. I don't. I wouldn't mind re-listening to it a little bit, especially Foshes Foshes. <laughs> I think. I don't want to say there was no positive parts, but there was no positive parts. So I felt very helpless reading the book. I will. Yeah, you're not lying. Every glimmer of sunshine was followed by something terrible. So yeah, I get you. All right. Well, is there anything else that you would like to say about um, this book before we, uh, I guess, close this out? Um, or, or do, I guess if we're at the end of the year, we're not going to do an announcement, right? We'll wait until the next year to do one. Uh, yeah, we could do it the next year. Okay. So we'll announce the next book that we're going to read in January. If there's nothing else that my lovely co-host would like to say, thank you for joining us on this bonus book club episode. Don't forget to, you know, crack open the woman in me, or if not, just keep me. Okay, bro, that's crazy. crazy. You said it. You said it. I was going to let it it pass, but I didn't need you to acknowledge it. (laughs) I didn't need you to acknowledge it. Okay, let me reword that. For Go the ahead and people purchase. who can't see visuals, Katrina did the splits when she said that. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine? I ain't done this in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, If you want, if you're interested in hearing the parts we didn't bring up or the more detailed um, stories in Brittany's book, The Woman and Me, don't hesitate to rent it or buy it. I think it was an enjoyable book. Jose said it was a good book, you know, so you tell us what you think. Let us know. Ta-ta. See ya.